Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. Yeah, there we go. There we go. There's a little Viva Las Vegas for you. <laughs> Riding high and a little giddy, too, after a, like, weird sleep for uh, the Vegas race. So welcome back to She Loves the Grid. Hi, Diane. Hi, Claire. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I am delirious because I maybe got five hours of sleep. So I apologize I up front if I don't make sense. And then, so I was telling you right before we started recording, kind of nodded off on and off throughout the race and then had to rewatch it because, whew, <laughs> it, mm. I don't know the hours were good for but they were not good for anybody no i i really don't think they were good for anybody at all except maybe the people in australia actually and i know we have quite a few listeners in australia sure. because we get a lot of downloads from australia so hooray for you guys <laughs> for having a race absolutely. at a normal time of the day absolutely well let's get going this is going to be a long one folks just get ready because so much we we we've said that about a couple races but Holy cannoli. Like, I know. After this week, I'm exhausted. Like, I can't even imagine what the drivers are feeling. It's just exhausting with the whole yeah. week. Yes, it's just been what a way to end the season. And we're just one race away. I mean, just, oh my gosh, one more race. It's almost like oh, one more race. Okay. How was your week? How was your week? You had, you had busy week. I mean, it was, yes. I mean, even outside of F1, it was so busy work wise. Um, and then yesterday was a very long day, but fun day. Went to a, a football game and then came back just in time to catch Miss Universe. <laughs> and then was had an hour to kill before the pre-race started. So, I mean, my day started probably like 5.30 a.m. and didn't end until about 2 a.m. So it was a long, long day and a busy week. But, I mean, I, this week I can rest. <laughs> How was your week? It was good. A little chilly. We discovered the a better way to get the heat adjustment in the new apartment. So the last couple of days has been comfortable, which has been nice as we're getting used to the cold. But today we discovered a new uh, dog park for us. You saw, you follow my puppy on face on Instagram. Um, and if this fence doggy area that her, her, her new doggy pal, who was a, a Rottweiler with my little Little bit so mini husky, you know, yeah. big rock baller, just having a blast. So that was so much fun today to go and, you know, get out of the apartment, which I don't mm -hmm. do much. And um, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That was a cute video. At first, I, from far away, I was thinking like, oh, is her dog gonna be okay with that puppy? And then I realized like the little dog was Wuda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so big. I'm like, holy cow! <laughs> so Wuda's much. She had, yeah, Wuda had so much fun. She had so, so much fun. I've got another video I'm going to post later, but yeah, they, they had a blast. But it was oh. because we discovered a second part two on the way back. So that one was like a 28-minute walk. Not bad at all. So That's not bad. That's no, it's all bad. fenced in just for dogs. It's perfect. It's it's oh. great. Berlin nice. is so friendly. It's just so amazing. So That's amazing. awesome. And then, yeah. you know, just getting excited. We are T-minus. Yeah. 13 days till we land in the Roma together. Roma. This is the record at the time of the recording at the time of the publishing of the podcast. So yes. Yeah. 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 Anyway, 
All right, here we go. It's going to be a long one. I'm probably going to have the longest episode yet at this point. It really could be. People who watch us on YouTube, there's 18 of them. There's so many. So anyway. It's it's nuts. Okay, let's start with the opening ceremonies. Didn't watch it. Me neither. (laughs) I haven't watched the recording yet. I just, there was enough of the afterwards and the (laughs) Hunger Games. They do my Hunger Themes. Wait, that's oh, that's that Hunger Games. Post. Yeah, the no, Hunger Games. And that was the funniest part. Is okay. So I saw Hunger Games. I don't know, way back, whatever. And I'm not. I I've only watched it once. But all of the memes and the the things, comparisons coming out about it looked like um, what do they call it? The tributes? Is that what they call? Yeah, it? yeah, I think that's what it was. Did you guys see it's, that hummingbird? Did yeah. Did you see the hummingbird just come to my window? Oh, yeah. that's, I love it when he does it. He does it almost every day. Um, okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, I know th- the hunger game tribute comparisons, hysterical, because that's exactly what it looked like with them coming up out of the, I don't know, their shipping containers, I think is what they are trucks. And they come up and they just stand there and they're like, <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. It was just like, now, now, fun fact. Yeah. You know, my son's been a dancer for the longest time. He's about to, you know, retire from that and become a programmer. But a couple of the choreographers that he worked with a long time ago were Napoleon Dumo and Tabitha. And love them. Shout out to them. They're amazing. They've done lots of choreography for the Super Bowl and worked with big names like Beyonce and such. They were choreographers for the F1 opening show. Oh, really? Yes, I did. I saw them posting some stuff about it. They were showing some behind the scenes stuff of them running around on scooters, motorized scooters and stuff, running up and down the pit and everything. And I was like, my two worlds just collided. I was like, oh my gosh, Napoleon. In fact, remember when I did Zach's 25th birthday celebration video? They recorded something for him. Oh, how nice. Yes, That's shout cool. out to, to Nebby Tabs. That they go by Nebby Tabs. Shout out to them. They did a phenomenal job on, on their choreography and, and everything for the shows and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it was just so cool to have my two worlds collide. It was like, no, are you guys involved in something that I that's not? Whoa. <laughs> so cool. That's yeah. really cool. That's amazing. Well, now I'll have to go back and watch the choreography because, again, I only saw the little things that were showing up online. So yeah, that's all I've seen. Now, I mean, too. That's now I'm inspired to go back and watch because they were involved. So that'll be phenomenal because they are phenomenal. Awesome. No, totally. I need to go. I need to go watch it. But maybe next year they do something a smidge different, like not the (laughs) The elevators. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the tributes. Ay, yay, yay. But take a pick, pick, pick his thoughts on that because in the um, and some of the floats at Disney, that's how they rise the, the characters up to the top, like little elevators inside the yeah. floats. <laughs> I mean, I love that for a concert or something. I think it was just the way it was done. Like they were so high up, and I don't know. I need to go watch it so I can have a better idea than just what I was seeing online. But because yeah, we're seeing like, people's perspective in clips, right. so yeah, exactly. there's that. Yeah, but it was still it was interesting too. I think part of it is just um, we're not used to an opening ceremony. Yeah, and it's a bit ostentatious. It's very American. It's very yes. bold and out stuff. there. And and I kind of agree with some of the stuff like that Max and others said. And you know me, I don't agree with Max on a lot of stuff, but I really like his perspective on 
the sport versus yeah. all the spectacle. And F1's not a lot about the spectacle. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's part of it. Why it was just a little odd. Yeah. yeah. You know, hard to hard to consume, hard to accept because it's just so much spectacle, and that's just not even in my short year now in F1. It's just not something. Yeah. You just you just don't do it, and we. I mean, we can talk about that. Like Max was saying, you know, it's ninety nine percent show and one percent the race, and you just stand up there feeling like a clown or looking like a clown. And I mean, yeah, what (laughs) you just, they're just waving like, okay. And, you know, he said, I do it because I want to race and this is a business and that's part of it. And so, you know, I have to do that side. And Lando said almost the exact same thing. Like, I don't want to do that kind of stuff. And I only do it because I want to get to the racing part of it. So I I think that in some of those, I, I agree with you. I, Agreed with Max. I really liked a lot of the stuff Max said this week, and we'll talk about um, that in just a little bit. But I, yeah, I, I really agree with all of it. Like, I hope that they next year take the drivers into consideration because I feel like, yes, it's Vegas. It's over the top. Like, that's what Vegas is. And it's kind of what's interesting to me to hear um, perspectives from people who haven't been to Vegas. Cause I mean, I, when I lived in California, when I live here, I'm so close to Vegas. I've been there so many times and really you don't want to spend more than a couple days in Vegas after that. It's just like overkill. It's just too much. So to hear like from a, a perspective of somebody who's never been, you know, I can see it being like, Ooh, this is great, but we want it to be over the top because it's Vegas, but at the same time, like we've got to take the drivers into account. And I don't know. I'm kind of with that. I don't know if they did. And you bring up a good point because I think back to some of their feedback after Miami and mm-hmm. coming up with the intros and like the parade, kind of pre-parade and whatnot. And they kind of had some ick off of that. It's like they it's like the F1 not listen where they yeah. too far into the planning of Vegas to make any you know, marketable changes or what, but hopefully it all kind of goes into next year, both for my kids. I don't think Austin's not like this, right? It's not so ostentatious. Austin, Austin. Well, I mean, every race has the driver's parade, but they don't do, I mean, when they not like the intro kind of stuff that no, you had my do, and all that stuff. No, they don't do intros like that. They have like, usually like the cowboy cheerleaders are on the track, like doing dance here or there and there's usually like the band from the the local college the longhorns i think um are there but that's i'm sure happening you know everywhere it's not these grandiose like you know opening ceremonies or you know drivers entrances no no austin is more like chill (laughs) which is that's a great race yeah it's a really great race So let's jump into the special liveries and the lids, because just as I said last week, I was hoping we would see a lot more than just Ferrari. And um, this is the Alpine. So loved the curbs. We talked about that last week, but the curbs with the, the different suits on them, that did look sharp on camera. And I kind of think maybe some of the other countries could add some of their local flair onto, you know, things. I think that's kind of fun. I think it differentiates it. Um, this was the Alpine's special livery. I, I actually, oh, I didn't even mean to do this, but so my sweatshirt has kind of that little, just very faded, almost like, um, 
camo pattern or something underneath. Yeah. So, yeah, but nice job. They had special, uh, you know, outfits and jackets and the whole nine yards. The Williams, oh my God, like Williams killing the livery game this year. Love this. I love that. I love the the hint to Vegas in the back. I love how they put Williams and the lights. You know, the, the yeah. looks like the lights and everything. I really like that. I love it. It's just colorful and it's not like typical Vegas. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like the ripple car, which we'll see in a second, but like where it's like the playing cards and the chips. It's like, you know, Las Vegas, like a sign. I, I love it. Awesome job, Williams. You guys rock. And then here's the Red Bull. So fan designed livery. Um, I do like it compared to some of the other options that they had. What do you think? I mean, I'm a sucker for purple, so I love the purple on it. And yeah, I really yeah. I liked that this time they took it a step further and the um, tire wheels or the rims or whatever yeah. looked like poker chips. Yeah, that, that was cool. I noticed that when um, Max was in the pit, yeah, serving his penalty. Yeah, um, but that's what I noticed that that was so cool. I think that's amazing, and I think that that elevated it a little bit for me. And uh -huh. I'm kind of hoping that that was the fan person, you know, the fan who designed it was like, now we add poker chip wheel <laughs> wheel rims. Yeah, that's one of the cool things about McLaren having the the Google Chrome logo on their wheel, right? Yeah, spices it up a little bit. Yeah. It's speaking of which, all the way through. I know. So, I mean, they called it a special livery. <laughs> the, the I was trying to figure out where is the special livery? Is it the Jack Daniels? Well, they, they added the Jack Daniels. Okay, and I can't, I, tell, I can't tell if, to the left of Chrome if that's actually part of the livery or if that's just lighting. But that's new, too, if that's there. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the Alfie. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this one is so cool. The Alfred Towery. Oh, please go to our YouTube and watch this. We totally forgot to mention, but we're, we're, we have a lot of slides. Um, this, the Alfred Towery. Um, Alfred Towery. That one caught my eye on the track. I was like, who is that? That one is gorgeous. How could it not? Like, I think it's so cool. It's very different. And there was, a, it's inspired by their um, clothing line, which which Yuki, there's photos of him wearing like a, a puffer vest that has this oh, same yeah. black with white stripe pattern on it. And I just think that's amazing. I love it. And nice. the nerd in me makes me think it looks like the Doppler effect. <gasps> yeah. I love it. I, I just think it's cool. Yeah. I, I think it's so cool. Thing. Nice job, Alfatari. Yeah. And then next we go into lids. Yeah. Lids. Oh, and I don't think we have Carlos and Charles. I just thought about that. Um, so Alpine, this one I had to send you right away. Esteban Ocon. A Deadpool. You love Deadpool. And the helmet is like spot just, on. And I love so how excited Ryan Reynolds was about it too. Yeah. It was just so amazing. And he's, yeah. I mean, I hope that um, Esteban really does give that to him after the race. Cause Ryan's a new investor earlier this yeah. year for Alpine. And so I think it's pretty damn cool that this ran in the Vegas um, GP and Ryan was there. So yeah, that's nice work, Esteban. This was kind of crazy. Lando Norris's snake helmet. Ooh, so cool. the colors it, on it, the detail was just amazing. The detail is incredible. And I loved how they did a little photo shoot out in the desert, mm -hmm. <laughs> putting it on. It looked like a yucca or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just, 
really, really cool. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him this weekend, but no. I like it. I love this chrome one. I love the, the color. Like, they're like they're going fast by. Yes. And I love this chrome one. Yeah, this was one um, Oscar Piastri's chrome helmet is all dark mode. Um, and at first I was kind of like, yeah. But then, like you said, the closer I looked at it and you see like, you know, the flag, um, the Australian flag and then the lines and the colors where it does look like it's just it's going fast, like the wind is coming at your face and, and going past you. And yeah, I, this one grew on me a really nice job like that a lot. I like that it's kind of matte too. It's not like all this yeah. all, all are shiny. Some are I like that there was like just a mix of this one was nice and dark. True. And Carlos Fernando. Okay. So we were talking about this before um we started recording, but one thing I do appreciate about Fernando is this is you can tell at a glance that this is Fernando's helmet. And then he's added like some Vegas things to it. So you know whose helmet this is, and then it's like just a little zhuzhed up for, for Vegas. Yeah, it's so. like he leaves an area for the iconography for the area, like, you know, the yeah. cards, the sign, the notices, like a little top hat over his number. He actually changed his number up a little bit. But, yeah, he just kind of themes his helmet a little bit that keeps the structure the same, helmet after yeah. helmet. Yeah, love, 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 love that. Amazing. So many more. Oh my gosh. Was this Nico's? Yeah, I think this is number 20. C20, C number 20. I don't know what Nico's number is. Is that terrible? Let me double yep. check. But yeah, this I one is cool. I love how they took the pictures. And no, this isn't Nico's. This is uh, That's Kevin's. That's Kevin's, rather. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, 20. That makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. It's Nico's 27. And Kevin is okay. 20. Kevin's. Okay. Okay. I was like, I don't know his number. I love the fabulous Las Vegas sign on the top. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I love how they did the photo shoot, you know, here. And then the next one, they changed it up. Yeah. I think that looks cool. That this looks bottom picture is actually this huge row of lights. And I had to crop it out to get more. <laughs> you can see more of the helmets. Yeah. <laughs> It looks good. It looks really good. And then Yuki, Yuki's like Fernando where it's like, this is his helmet. And then uh -huh. he just changes it up for the area. Like the leaves. Colors, I was like, is this a new one? This Cause they said the new helmets are this, this one. It, it was the picture on the left. And I was like, let me go see if I can find more. I'm like, is this really for Vegas? Cause it looks so similar to the previous helmet. But then on the back, you can see it says Vegas on the side. I'm like, oh yeah, this is definitely the Vegas helmet. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I mean, again, he's like Fernando, like he's going to keep his, the main theme and then he'll just switch it up a little bit, which I love. But I, I almost thought like his has always got this really cool. I think most of the time has this really good shine, you know, and I yeah. like his that shine. And it's like Danny had to shine his up. <laughs> Danny, he, so Daniel came out with his late, like I swear it was the day of qualifying. So I had already done a reel about the liveries and the lids that had come out. And then I did an update because then Alex Albon came out and Charles and, and Carlos came out. And um, and then the next day, Daniel came out. And I was like, oh, but I like I love the blue and the the silver. And they, yeah. they did have, what do you call those things? Transformers. There was something 
tied in with yeah. that this weekend. So to me, that's yeah, I'm gonna grab that from their Twitter, but yeah, they had some transformer stuff. And then Valtteri's. Yeah. This one is yeah. so cool. Yeah, his girl does a great job um designing these helmets. I love that it's a little bit more whimsical than yeah. some of the other helmets. It's got you know, Planet Vegas. And so it's kind of got a, you know, an out otherworldly <laughs> kind of feel to it. But then some of the iconic um, Vegas things on there, the sphere, not the sphere. What do they call it? The stratosphere. The see, sphere. every time you see the sphere. It's almost like the strip looked like it was futuristic Vegas too. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I, me being a space lover, I thought it, I really like their helmet. It's yeah. fun. And yeah. I like them. It's really good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and we, we covered delivery for and the overalls for um, Ferrari. Ferrari last week. So I didn't yeah. reclude them this week. Yeah, but they did come out with some helmets. And then Alex Albon had a helmet that was really cute. Also, it was more whimsical. And apparently the whole thing was done with marker. So I thought that was like, I don't know. It, it just looked really, really Really good. I should have just gone and checked every driver's Twitter. There's just so many. <laughs> there are so many. And I kept trying to send them and I was sending them on all different, like, I don't know. We we chat on like so many different platforms. So it's like, <laughs> I'm not good about sending them all to the right, to the same one. So you could be like, oh, here they all are. Um, the sphere though, talking about the sphere, the stratosphere is one thing. That's like the tall thing building that was on the back of Valtteri's helmet. And then there's the sphere, which is the new like sphere globe that, you know, is a venue of some sort. So I kind of feel like that was starting with the Netflix cup moving on. It was like the unofficial star of the race because they well, starting with the, it was last week that they had the, the, the picture of it was a billionaire that put up paid to have that ad on it that said everyone knows that Red Bull cheats. See, I don't, I didn't see that. You mentioned that last week too. And is that for real? Like, have we verified that a billionaire actually paid to, to do that? Like, I can't imagine that the sphere. I somebody photoshopped that. Like, there's an image of it. Yeah, no, I think that's a Photoshop because people were doing that. Um, I can't imagine that the sphere with F1 coming in would put up something like that. Like that is a, <laughs> that would be that's a huge, weird. like, like conflict of interest there. I don't think F1 would be super thrilled with that, but a lot of the stuff that they were doing with that sphere was, it was kind of amazing to me, even with the golfing where something was happening on the golf course and you could see the sphere in the background and it would just change. And it was like the eyes would be, you know, looking or, you know, maybe Carlos was hitting. And so they would, um, put up, you know, Carlos's picture. And it was just amazing how quickly they could time everything to what's either happening on the track or what's happening was happening on the golf course. So I liked that they did the countdown. So like before FP1, mm -hmm. FP2, all of that, the sphere was just a giant time clock. That was really cool. Um, and then they did announce that during the Grand Prix, they would not use the colors blue, red, and yellow unless it was for like a flag situation. Um, so that was kind of cool. I think people got confused and I know I did as well because during qualifying and stuff, there was the big Chrome logo, <laughs> which Claire is showing right now on our, um, on the YouTube channel. And I think everybody was like, hold on. There was an agreement that these colors specifically 
three of these four colors that are in the Chrome logo would not be used on the sphere, but I think it was just during the GP and not during qualifying yeah. or practice. So, yeah. And as I was telling you, I, I was paying attention that the second time I watched the race and there was a lighter blue that was showing and it wasn't the deep blue of a blue flag. So I think it really mm -hmm. just came down to the colors of the flag because I did notice during the yellow flag, it would turn yellow. And as soon as the green flag would go, the whole thing would turn green again. Oh, so, um, yeah. That, that oh, makes definitely. sense. They were using that. And then you know, the checkered flag, it turned checkered. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, I have to go back and watch. Um, I kind of am curious. I don't think I've heard anything about the drivers talking about that. Like if it was annoying or if they didn't mind it. I don't think I've heard anything on that. So I'll keep my eyes open because that was one question I had um, last week. But the drivers had a lot of thoughts on a lot of things this week. <laughs> to yeah. And, 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 you know, as much as, and I had a lot of conversation about this with my partner during, I, while we were watching the, or before we rewatched the race, um, you know, I, I've had my issues, you could say, or just ickies with, with Max all season. And a lot of it is comes from his, lack of respect toward others I feel during, and maybe it's just because that's what the Netflix show would show, but I've mm. kind of seen so much during this year on the track over radio. Even today when he got handled the penalty, he's like, send them my regards. Yeah. You know, and it's like that kind <laughs> of attitude. I don't know, just it's some of the disrespect I see him do, but at the same time, he says things that are quite humbling and quite on point. You know, and, and I feel like over time it's getting better. And then I have to start coupling in, you know, you, you were talking about like the stuff about his father and how he grew up and, and you know, that probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah. It's just unfortunate on such a public stage that he was so exacerbated with a lot of the negative attitude and whatnot that it you know turned me and some other potential fans off. Right. Because that's what it was. It's that some of the attitude turned me off from the beginning. Yeah. And, and, uh, but yeah, some of the things he said, like when he, uh, that one I sent you where he talked about the, the whole point of it being, you know, the, as a kid with a group with that they're thinking about the passion and the emotion of the sport and being there for how hard the drivers and the teams work. And I like that he called out the teams and the engineering and people coming to understand what they do. Mm -hmm. He literally says you can go get, you know, drunk, you know, and, and, watch a party and hang out with your mates and go to a concert and whatnot. And it's all going good and do that. In fact, you can go to Vegas and he likes to do that. Go bet on red, blah, blah, blah. But that's not an F1 race. You know, this is an F1 race and it's different. And so I liked how he's trying to put the context around it as a spectacle and a party versus the F1 race and, you know, and how hard they work for that. So yeah, that, that, I had a lot of respect for that. I think with Max and I do think that the way he grew up, I think, you know, just the, the culture and stuff that he grew up in. Max is just who he is. And he, he you're going to ask him a question and he's going to tell you honestly how he feels about it. And that part I actually do respect because I don't want to be with somebody. I have to guess how you're feeling. Now, maybe he could say it a slightly different way, but that just wouldn't be Max. That like He just, he just says what he says. Um, and I actually had a little thing. So not only did he talk about, um, you know, just coming to the races and enjoying the races for what the race is. But he also, he, I think somebody asked him, um, you know, what do you think of this track 
versus Monaco. And he said, Monaco is Champions League and this is National League. And so I'm thinking that's a football reference. And like, yeah, so that wasn't (laughs) really good. Hang on. I have a whole bunch of stuff because he was more chatty, I think, this go round than he usually ever is. Um, but I think also at the same time, I think his tune changed after he won last night. He was definitely having um, some fun in the car. But so he said, you know, this event is 99% show, 1% sport. On the promoter, he said, these people live in their own world and that's no use to us at all. On refunds, which we'll talk about in a minute, he said, I would tear the whole place down. The ceremony, oh. we look like clowns. Um I, I loved how he stood up for signs quite um, quite a bit. He stood up for signs after the penalty, which again, we'll talk about. And he said, you know, that's very harsh. Um, it's just, yeah, emotion, passion, it's not there compared to some of the old tracks. Uh, the manhole cover, you really don't have to have a high IQ to know that. So I'm guessing, you know, that if that's loose, um, <clears throat> he, I've had better tracks in my life. <laughs> Um, in this political environment, everyone thinks about themselves. And, you know, again, that's talking about F- the FIA. Um, and on Toto Wolf, which again, we'll talk about, you know, he had a lot to say about, about Toto. But Max wasn't the only one. So Lewis had even said that, you know, we can't come into, into town like a circus with all this glitz and glamour. And then, you know, it's negatively affecting the people that live there, uh-huh. which... I think is, yeah, spot on. And it, and not to say that they didn't have positive things to say, because I think you're hearing one thing and then they turn around and say something else. Um, Lando also said, you know, it's just more of a show um, than it has been a few years ago. I just want to come and race. Um, you know, they all, but they all said at the same time, it's part of their job and they'll do it. And, you know, it's fun. I hope some of them got to go out. I heard there's a lot of um, teams are leaving. We're leaving early this morning to get, cause they go to Abu Dhabi next. So we've got yeah. a long flight. We've got a rest and, um, but hopefully some of them pulled an all nighter, went and celebrated a little bit and then, um, got to go. So I've got a fun fact for you before we start diving in. Um, so Fernando, <laughs> Fernando is the only driver that was alive. The last time a GP was held in Vegas, <laughs> At the same time, that doesn't seem right. How old is Lewis and Checo? Fernando's 40-something. They're, 40 they're like 30-something, Diane. They're, they're 30, I think. Okay. Hey, Louise. They're so young, all of these people. Anyways, congrats to Fernando. Um, <laughs> I love him. Sergio Perez. What is that's a good that's a good question, Sergio Perez. He would have been like ninety. He was born in nineteen ninety. Ninety, yeah, yeah. Fernando's the only one. There's a fun fact for you, because <laughs> if you don't know, Vegas. That's not right. That is not right because the eighties were only like twenty years ago. Well, it was like a couple weeks ago for me because I dressed up like the eighties for a party. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so oh. funny. I know. Okay, let's get into FP1. So throughout the whole weekend, everybody was so concerned about the temperature. Remember, we talked about it, talked about, it, talked about it. It was not as bad as they thought it was gonna be. Um for FP1, it was 66. 
the drivers did note that turns five, six, seven, eight, nine, or six, seven, eight, nine, something like that was different than what they were driving on the Sims. So it took a minute. And I mean, granted, we only ended up having nine minutes of FP1, but you could tell like the drivers were very hesitant or tentative in the way that they were driving, you know, just trying to figure out how to get the tires warmed up. But then also that section was not what they thought it was going to be. Um, some parts of the uh, the circuit were uh, recently surfaced. So that was a little interesting. And just like a good street circuit, it's so narrow. It's so narrow. And that always freaks me out. <laughs> it just always freaks me out. So Valtteri was the first one to go out and you could hear like the little squeaking and everybody's rear end was a little bit loose that was going out there. Max was, you know, kind of losing that little bit at the end. Um, tons and tons of dust feedback from the drivers. The grip is low. Um, yeah, I mean, they're getting super close to that wall, but again, that's a street track. Um, Stroll, for some reason, was out of his car with 52 minutes left. I don't know if we ever heard exactly why, but, like, do you know? No. Okay. I have no idea. Right after that, my world fell apart. It fell apart. So, Carlos, if you didn't watch it and haven't seen the replays, is driving, and you hear a thud, and his car kind of jumps forward a little bit. And then he pulls over and we're all thinking, including myself, darn it, the reliability of Ferrari sucks. <laughs> like, What is happening? And then like, as like, so session is, you know, yellow flagged and we're trying to figure out like, what are we going to do? Um, nine minutes left. So then they call a red flag and they realize, oh crap, like Carlos is not the only car with damage. So Ocon has damage. His whole chassis broke, which totally sucks. Joe, I think, also had damage. And more and more stuff starts coming out fairly quickly. And they realize that a manhole cover or drain cover or whatever you call it has, like, sucked out of the ground. And they, now they have, to, they have to stop. The concrete failure or something like that it caused it to pop up. But I think yeah. it, I think the concrete failure probably happened when it hit the bottom of his car and came crashing back down with yeah. all of that force. I don't believe that it was a concrete failure. I'm just going to say that like that. That's crazy. Well, I think the concrete failure probably happened on Ocon's because that's what because he went across at first, I thought, and it broke mm -hmm. his chest. Was it not? Oh, he came. He came right behind Carlos. Okay, he was so right was behind. Carlos. I must say, when he, when Carlos hit it, because that was the thud, and then it dropped, and then Ocon came across it. That's what cracked his chassis. Yeah, it was awful. Like I could not believe it. So nine minutes of practice, cars are damaged. Esteban's got a broken chassis. He was hoping it would get done before FP two. Close everything down. Carlos said afterwards that his seat was also damaged. So there was a, there's a grocery list of items that happened that needed repair on Carlos's car after that. But he did say his seat was damaged. He had a big hit to the um, his back and his head. Um, 
Max said apparently later in a presser that the force, it was so hard that Carlos couldn't feel his feet. Um, like, and that worries me because he could have lifelong back issues. Um, so that's a little scary. And then there's a lot of reports that the you could see the ground through the floor. That's how much damage it did to the bottom of his car. Very scary to me. Well, what got me is all the sensors, and they kept talking about how advanced the sensors are in these cars yeah. and on the track and whatnot. He hit, and you hear, he actually hit it at about the seven and a half minute mark. And they keep talking about nine minutes, nine minutes, nine minutes. Nine minutes is when they called the red flag. Yes. It was yeah. around the seven and a half minute mark that he hit it. And he starts going, the car's like shut off. And they're like, oh, that's a shut off. And I wonder, and they're like blaming it on the reliability of the Ferrari. Yeah. And then, you know, Ocon goes over it. And then another car goes over it. Yeah. And there's nothing to say, oh, we've had a track failure. We've had something on the track that caused this. And now it's causing potential damage to other cars. What if that had caught, what if that trashy crack would have caused Ocon's car to bust apart and he had a catastrophic failure or the next car or the next car? Because yeah. there's cars, it's fine because he moved over to the left, leaving the space open only on the right for people to continue to drive over that bad spot in the street. Yeah. Yeah. And Ocon for a minute and a half. Yeah. I mean, they had the yellow, so they would have had to slow down, but you're still, like you said, if that's not what you're looking for and you just think Ferrari has a, has a failure of some sort, but if all of the cars had been out, if we'd been in a race, if we'd been, if all the cars out of it, in a race, it could have been so much worse. So, so bad. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, to have two teams have to basically repair cars from the ground up, um, is ridiculous and it was completely a track failure so yeah and the solution was like oh we should the the engineers like we should pack these with sand i'm like why did we do that to begin with why mm -hmm. is the solution was that every drain around this every drain around the track that's why it took five hours is mm -hmm. they had to pack them all with sand and reinforce them all around the track why wasn't this figured out beforehand yeah well they said that um the, I don't know, the people, the organizers, whatever, had gone to other street tracks in Singapore and, and stuff to find out how do they, you know, keep the races going without having issues with the roads. And they could have purchased um, some special, I think, drains or something to put in, but the city did not want to, if they had to replace one, did not want to have to go to like, say, Germany. I don't know if that's where they were made, but that's a country that was referenced um, to buy replacements. So they decided to kind of do their own, their own thing because they didn't want to have to go to another country if they needed to play, replace things down the road. So, I mean, to me, that's so bad. Like you have people's lives in your hands. This, this is two things here, two things about that. One, you are trying to bring this race back year over year. That's the price you pay to bring this race back year over year because you're trying to bring back two. For those who aren't from America, that's exactly how America looks at things and trying to maintain their roads. They want the cheapest thing for the cheapest way to maintain it and mm -hmm. not pay for longevity and not pay for something that's good. So yeah. 
Exactly. And they will put off repairs until they absolutely positively have to. <laughs> and yeah, even then, they, they they're going to love how smooth that road is. Because I heard a story about the first time that road's been really repaired in years. And so yeah. it's going to be just, and I've been there before you too. It's going to be, wow, it's going to be a nice, smooth, you know, street yep. for a while. Yeah. Year over year, it'll get repaired because of the race. Yeah. It's funny because after that happened, I posted something and somebody popped into um, our DMs and she lives in Vegas. And she said, I'm, you know, I'm a resident of Vegas. This is just typical, you know, blank road work. This is, <laughs> this is Las Vegas roads. That's typical. Like, so yeah, they will be, they will be excited um, about that. So the estimate is it's 1.5 million to repair Carlos's car. Um, not only that, but it affected his entire weekend because we'll get on to that. So how does that affect their cost cap? What's that? How does that affect their cost cap budget? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I have no idea how repairs fit into that, if it's already built in or it's just, you know, having to use those parts. I, I honestly have no idea. I didn't think about that. Yeah, um, so as the word on the street is that the principals or the teams were asked if Carlos should receive a penalty, the 10 place penalty for all of the parts that he had to replace because now he's gone over his allotted, you know, number of parts, et cetera, et cetera. And the word on the street is only Mercedes said yes. And I guess it had to be unanimous. And so, um, yeah, so that's why Carlos got the 10 plays grid penalty. And Max referred to this in a presser. Um, he said, this is why teams should not have a say in penalties. And he was defending signs in that in that case, because one person, Total Wolf, allegedly said, Ferrari should get the penalty. They're replacing the parts. They should get the penalty. We all know if that was George or Lewis, Toto would be losing his mind. Um, and it all started to make sense because prior to hearing that news coming out, the principals, and it was James Vowles, Fred was on the panel, Toto, and I think there was one other principal um, after, I guess at the end of that night, and Toto lost his mind about like, why is everybody getting so upset about this? Nobody is even watching FP1 in Europe. Um, you know, we should be thanking the people, Liberty Media, for bringing this and putting this all together. And like he went on, like I felt scolded and I'm watching it through a, you know, TV screen. And then when all this stuff came out, like he was the one that was like, no, they should get the penalty it kind of makes sense. Like he was clearly passionate about that. And he was trying to get his point across, even in that presser, like, no, we, that's not right. We should be thinking Liberty uh, media, blah, 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 blah. Like it's a very kind of a, a long thing. So <sighs> I just, I don't think it was right. First I was kind of like mad. And then I was like, well, we want F1 to follow the rules. And if this is the rules, and it's happened in the past, which we know about. And I sent you a thing that it happened to George when he was with Williams in 2019. And, you know, I think he had a penalty. Then then we have to just suck it up and follow the rules. But then the more I started thinking about it, I was like, this is baloney. 
it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter if it happened in the past and George didn't get a penalty. We know it wasn't right then and it's not right now. Like yeah, we, and, and it's one of the things right. is the the cars and, and I think it was Toto or one of them like said that the you know they should have their car be more prepared or if they can't handle blah blah blah. The cars are designed in spec specifications for the track to meet a certain specification. The mm -hmm. track needs specification. So who needs to be penalized are the track provider. Yeah. So yeah. Vegas needs to be penalized. The money, a fine, they need to pay for the repair of the car yeah. and have some kind of notice that if you can't keep this, your track going forward, then we're not going to come back. Now it's kind of yeah. difficult since F1 put their freaking headquarters there. But yes. <laughs> you know, the whole thing yeah. is that there's got to be some kind of you know, you have to live up to your end of the bargain to not ruin these multi-million dollar pieces of equipment and all the time and energy that these teams go into it because the teams build it to a specification expecting the road conditions to be such that they get, it'd be one thing if they drove up on the curb and it was because they hit the curb and your car can't handle the curb and you should have known. It'd be yeah. one thing if you ran into the wall because you couldn't handle the wall and you broke but they were on the track, the legal portion of the track. The track yeah. should be free of debris and it should be meeting the specifications for the car for the floor to be as low as it was. So if the car is in specification and the track is not, the driver yeah. and should not be penalized. Yeah. This I mean, there was this had nothing to do with Carlos. It had, like you said, it had nothing to do with Carlos. It had nothing to do with his driving. It had nothing to do with our strategy. Absolutely nothing. There was, you know, it could have been Esteban behind him. Maybe Carlos got past it, but it was going to happen to Esteban. It doesn't matter which driver it was. They, there was nothing they could have done to prevent that from happening at all. And there is fortunately a precedent where F1 has paid for repairs. And I know Fred was furious. Like he said, you know, this is absolutely unacceptable for F1. Carlos was furious. Like he was still talking about it even after qualifying, which had to be insult. To injury for him because he qualified Q2. I mean, Q2, he qualified P2. And then he's got a 10 place drop back to 12 for nothing that he did. How frustrating. I mean, it changes that one thing. And this is, you know, why we're spending so much time talking about FP1. That one thing changed Ferrari and Carlos's entire weekend. It could have been two Ferraris on that podium today. It could have been Charles and, you know, maybe Charles would have won. Like, it changes everything, everything through no fault of their own. And it so has a financial I, impact is so many times over, not just the cost of repairing the car, but the points, the ending, mm -hmm. ending standings, there's just so much. And yeah. it, it, and, and we're lucky it didn't have a life impacting, right. You know, you know, yeah. situation here. And it's just, no, I, they, this is definitely something And the, what I had seen was their statement was that there was no, rule for it per se and you know and blah 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 well then you need to make a rule there needs yeah. to be a rule because if you've yeah. got specifications for the track then there needs to be a rule yeah and i agree yeah. with max that the teams we don't put it up for a vote no. we don't put it up for a vote so there's always somebody that's salty i think you know i like toto in some instances right now i don't like toto at all i think that's very you know, it, it's it's not good because I always try to think in any situation, roles reversed, how would I react? Roles reversed, we all know Toto would have lost his ever-loving mind and 
if it was one of his drivers. So, oh, it's like so maddening. And everybody, even down to the commentators, you know, people on um, online, the commentators yesterday, probably two or three times during the race said, you know, the worst penalty ever in F1. Everybody's mad about Carlos's penalty. I mean, for them to be talking about it when, you know, their F1 TV, it was horrible, horrible decision. Yeah. One, like absolutely awful. And then you get to the fans. So you had what nine. So at the nine minute mark, it comes out. No, no more F FP one. Then there's a two and a half hour delay for FP two which was supposed to, which started at 2.30. At 1.30, they told the fans, y'all need to go. You need to, sorry, you need to go. I, I kept seeing online that it was because like security didn't have, I don't know, they didn't want to pay overtime. Well, they, they claimed that there was, um that because the staff, it was a combination of the staff, they didn't have the staff to cover for security and the bus drivers. And it, this is true. The Department of Transportation does have limits on how long, Mm-hmm. People can drive and whatnot. It's just like airline pilots and stuff. And because yeah. they had been sitting there for so long, waiting, bus drivers transporting people back and forth, they were about to hit their limits of how long they could be on staff. And they didn't have staffing to do additional shifts. So yeah, they needed to get everyone out to get them back because it would have been too late. So they didn't yeah. they didn't plan well. <laughs> You know, no. and I think it's a combination of that, and they need to get everybody out because they needed to get the roads back open at 4 a.m., right? There so was that, I too. Was I think it was both, but that yeah. was what they put out in their official presser. Yeah, that's the part that I heard was um, because they had this agreement with the city to reopen the roads at 4 or 4.30 or 5 or whatever it was, um, they could not have all these fans pouring out into the streets um, at that time. So. So yeah, you you sit there and you wait, and it's supposed to start at whatever time, and then two and a half hours, <laughs> like, and then they're like, "Bye, you need to go." So um, I would have been so livid as a fan. I have a friend that is there, and so I asked him. I'm like, "How did that go down?" And I want to get a little bit more details because I'm like, "Were you so mad? Like, I'm really bummed that you. This is his first F1 race, and I'm sad that you only got to see seven minutes of um, cars." And he did say that the initial cars looked tentative. So he was very excited to see them come out and go full force in FP3. But he said for them, it wasn't bad. He's like, there's so much stuff set up around the sphere. Um, and there's like the stage and stuff over there. And, um, the, you know, they left. But he's always, he does have a really, you know, tend to have a really good positive attitude. But still, so. Fans if you're Two day or three day ticket. It's yes. not a big deal. It's those people the one day ticket that only got yes. the Thursday ticket, which they were pushing those so much towards the end because, I mean, again, they had all these open seats. So they they F one, Las Vegas, whoever was really pushing these. So what they did because of all the uproar is F one said or F one Las Vegas said. We'll give you a $200 voucher to the people who had Thursday only tickets to be used at the Las Vegas Grand Prix um, store. So it's like you couldn't like I don't think you can just go to F1 and use it. You can't use it on another ticket someplace. You you know, and I think the ticket somebody I had read was about 180. I don't I don't know. So maybe they end up a little bit better, but. Do I want to go buy Las Vegas Grand Prix merch? No, 
I don't buy Austin. You know, what buy happened afterwards? I found an article while we were talking. Uh, they had put those fences up around, you know, the barriers and along the strips, and they put like this black plastic up to block it so you couldn't see it. Fans ripped it down. <laughs> and there's the F1 officials and whatnot tried to put it back up. There's pictures that no. It got ripped down. So all the places along the strip where they tried to block it so people couldn't see it for free, it got ripped down in a lot of places where uh, people were able to still watch the watch the race. Good for um, you, Las Vegas people. Well, Max did say, so when Max was told that the fans were getting that $200 voucher, Max said, so then they make money too? Because if you haven't been to an F1 race, whether it's the the merch for the race venue. So like Austin has their own merch line, you know, Barcelona does. This is to the El Las Vegas Grand Prix store. They had a lot of cool looking merch, but it's not cheap. It's not cheap. So Max says, so they're going to make money off of it too. And he's like, if I were a fan, I would tear that whole place down. He's like, that can't be true, can it? So I bet those people listened to Max and they were like, let's take it down. Let's take it down. And now yes, there's a class action Yes, some were clad in team merchandise, successfully tore through the gain of view of the track on the strip and beyond. Event staff, event staff attempted to replace the screens after their damage, but were unsuccessful. There's pictures um, of people along the catch fence in several places ripped the whole thing down or they ripped holes in it to, to be able to get through and and watch it. Oh, my gosh. That's they also amazing. prevented... Um, they prevented shops along the strip from selling glass items during specific times. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, I noticed the Heineken 0, 0.0, so I'm guessing they weren't selling um, alcoholic beer at the venue. But obviously in Vegas, if you haven't been, you can buy a drink and there's like yard drinks that are like this tall um, and walk around the strip with them. It's not a big deal to walk around with your alcohol. And in some European cities, you can do that. But in America, that's not a thing, um, really, except in Vegas. So, yeah, now there's a class action lawsuit against, um, oh, gosh, it's Liberty Media, the Las Vegas Grand Prix, the contractors. Um, yeah, so that's going on. So if you had a Thursday-only ticket, you might maybe want to get in on that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a fun little thing according to oh oh my gosh. You know, we were just talking about the track and the track causing issues and whatnot. Um Lent, McLaren is now going after them because they're saying his crash was caused by the track. It was, and and I have that later on in the notes for the race. But oh, yes, um, that. It's a, yeah. oh, sorry. Oh my gosh. So yeah. I'm trying to find one feedback for the race for us. It yeah. just happened. You know, to a couple people. Well, yeah. I feel no, like just so to me, yesterday, the funniest thing was after all of this stuff was happening and people are just trashing the Las Vegas Grand Prix after FP1 and FP2 and all that good stuff. Um, Las Vegas Grand Prix post on their social media, like, put your deposits down for the 2024 Grand Prix. And people were roasting them. They're like, read the room. Timing is not good on this. Some people are just like, shut up. We hate you. Like going on and on and on. Then F1 had a post um, that showed the little battle in quality between Ocon and Max. And um, <laughs> the Las Vegas Grand Prix said, 
oh, so much drama and the race hasn't even happened. And again, people losing their minds. Like you are the cause of the drama. What are you talking about? Shut up. Like refund the money. (laughs) Like, Like read the room. I think they were trying to go for, you know how some um, admins on social media accounts for companies can be a little saucy and it's funny. Yeah. And people are like, I think that's what they were trying to like take a new tact. And they're like, let's do this. And people will be like, ha you're so funny. No, people did not, did not love it at all. They were getting roasted like crazy. So FB2 rolling into that delayed by two and a half hours, um, extended to 90 minutes. So they did get a little bit of, um, time. So they, uh, what else? Ferrari did protest the, um, penalty because shouldn't have happened. And that's when, like you were saying, F1 came back or FIA came back and said, I don't know, whatever their lame ass response was. (laughs) So he gets the 10, 10 plays, uh, grid penalty, but there's nobody there. It's like COVID times where you're racing to like nobody. It happens a lot. So they yes. know why the stands are just dark and just bleak and yeah. just, it's just and it's quiet except for the cars and and I can't even imagine like that whole day. So the drivers, you and I had talked about this during the week. Like the drivers were very busy and they always are when they go into a race, generally. They have their promotions that they have to do, they have their social media stuff that they're filming. They, they tend to be very busy and it's not unusual for them. Like when we think about Singapore, they adjust their times, the teams adjust their times. So they're getting sleep and they're going to bed later and they're sleeping in more. And so none of that stuff is really that different. But this go round was so different because they weren't planning to be at the track until what time did practice end? Like four or something you said? If yeah, I was waking up at Vegas time. Yeah, 4 a.m. local time. Because I think I got up at 5.15 and you're like, oh my God, practice just ended. Because I woke up like, I went to bed at, I don't even know what time, midnight, 11 o'clock. I don't, I don't even know. And um, I woke up thinking, what happened in FP2? Like, because FP1 was so crazy. And you're like, it literally just got over. I think we were talking on the phone. You called. Yeah, and, and you were like, oh, my mom was like, oh no, it just ended. When you called me and it just ended, you're like, what? I'm like, no, literally, it, it got delayed and it just ended. Yeah. <laughs> craziness. So for the drivers and the teams, it's like they got they get to the track early, right? They are hanging out. It's delayed, it's delayed, it's delayed. They're done at four. Their day is actually not done. They still have a debrief to do. That can take an hour to an hour and a half, even if they went on the shorter side just to get everybody to bed. You end at five-ish. You got to go back to your hotel room. You're probably all jazzed up. I think we've all been there where we've been to a concert or some sort of event. You get home and you're still like your adrenaline and and stuff is just going. So those drivers, like I just felt for them. So when starting FP3, you're technically supposed to have 18 hours between the end of FP2 and the start of FP3, but they didn't have that. So what did the FIA do? (laughs) They created a special rule to override the the curfew and push that right i thought you can't do it for carlos because one supposedly one um allegedly one principal or one team said no we can't do that but they didn't want to push the times back again so they made a decision to keep the times they made an exception to lift the curfew so the teams could go back into the garages 
and do their thing. So when the green light went on, the crowd went nuts because they couldn't see anything the day before. Um, but what was funny is like nobody went out at P3. And they're all just sitting around. And finally, the McLarens went out like a couple minutes in. They did overnight um, also lengthen one of the DRS zones. Um, I want to say it was by like 50 meters. If I'm not, I think I'm correct on that. 50 meters because the teams and drivers provided feedback that they didn't think there would be a lot of overtaking, um, which that did not turn out that way. But, you know, maybe it's in part to extending the DRS zone. But anyways, they did that. Yeah, lots of track evolution. That was kind of the interesting thing to see. And people, the top five kept changing because again, that track evolution, once they were actually out there and they were figuring out their tires, like you had like, Ocon in the top five, Alex is in the top five, like George Russell, Logan Sargent, like in the top five, craziness. So yeah, then at the end, yeah, Alex kind of tapped the wall. It wasn't a brutal hit, but he hit the wall. His whole rim fell off, tire went rolling, and that brought out a red flag. Um, but I think there was only like three or four minutes left, so not not too bad. Um, but Stroll ended up with a five-place grid penalty after that um, for overtaking during a yellow during practice. So... Uh, was that the five grid or was that the five second? Because he had two different things going on. That was I, I thought it was the five place. That was okay. the first one. And then later he got that one. And it was interesting when they showed it because it was like, well, at least how they were showing it with the commentators and like the beginning of quality talking about it. That's when I added in there. I was like, well, wait a minute. He's off the guy. The, I think it was when Yuki went off the track and went into the, the you know, that runoff area. Area. And it's like, well, how can he not overtake? He's in the runoff. Like, I don't. I think it was more. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was overtaking or if it was he didn't slow down. But I mean, it happened so fast right there. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But then quali. So I all I kept thinking was like, this is your kind of quali because all the cars were out there. They oh, wow. all out there. Like in Q one, I think they were all out there the entire time except one. I think. um went in yuki maybe no i don't know who it was i think somebody went in in q1 um but everybody was out there they had their cars were full with fuel because they did not want to have to come back in go in the garage get more fuel like which is weird like we're not used to that kind of stuff no, it was yeah. really weird norris went in early he went back early which was a little oh, weird yes. because and then he didn't get a good time at the end that was the one yeah. who wasn't up the whole time yeah, that was not good. Mercedes was the last one to go out. Um, and yeah, Norris was in the pits when the um, it actually finished. And because of that, and because of the evolution and, and the cars are just out there doing faster, 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 he was out in Q1. So it was Norris, Ocon, Joe, Piastri, and Yuki all out in Q1. Lando, and I always do recommend this, if you've been listening to our podcast, he stayed in his car for quite a while after qualifying ended i think you know he was hoping for somebody to get a penalty or something so he could go back they out were hamilton russell albon joe gasly and botas all four maximum delta time yes that's right yeah Except because so many they were probably just gonna let it go they've been letting it go like this like because that's been a thing it seems like yeah. the last few years and nobody's gotten penalized for it so how you would penalize i didn't even i wasn't even worried about that one 
Yuki, though, when he, they backed that him into his garage. Sorry. It was in Q1 that he got the passing, um, not slowing for passing him in the spin out. That was the not slowing. Mm. That, 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 that was the, the penalty there. And that was the turn five failing. Uh, which penalty got him the, the grid versus, I think this is when he got the five second. The earlier one was overtaking. That wasn't the Yuki one. The second one was the Yuki oh, one. I thought it was flip-flopped. I thought first it was five seconds because I remember thinking like, well, that's weird. And then he got the grid drop. But either way, like, yeah, Lance, do you need to pay attention. Um, when Yuki got back into the garage, he, that little head thing, I can't remember what it's called. Um, he took it off and like threw it to the front of his car, like over the nose of his car is like, geez, Louise, Yuki, like, come on, come on, <laughs> and please do not pull a stroll, like, come on, um, and then it was either stroll or Daniel that was the one that knocked out Lando, I don't remember exactly who it was, but um, yeah, I'm not sure, so then in Q2, we had, sorry, my notes, like, it's such a crazy weekend, um, with 10 minutes left, there was a bunch of cars in the pits. So like Q2, it's like they kind of started going back to their usual little thing. Um, but they knew that they wanted to like be the last car out there. They knew that they had to go out, do do a lap, do a cool down, and then do their, their fast lap. So they, I guess, were trying to figure out what they were doing. Perez in the pits, like you, you had mentioned, he was in the pits at the end. What's that? Those last ones in the end, they were killing me. They're just waiting to the end. They totally did. Um, Yeah, Hamilton was out by two hundredths of a second. Checo was out because he's in the pits. Hulkenberg, Stroll, and Ricardo were all out. But Williams got both of their cars into Q3, which was awesome. It's their best finish in like seven years or best qualifying. I don't even know. That was at the end, I guess. Their best qualifying in seven years. But when Alex crossed that line and he popped up into sixth place, I was sitting on the couch and my dogs were with me and I just screamed and they were sleeping. <laughs> they jumped up like you could see if you're on my YouTube channel. Let me see. Let me see. There's Huckabee. He was sound asleep and he's like, oh, like what is happening? And he's deaf. So it's like, <laughs> that's how loud or at least how high pitched I scream. So he, Alex Albon was also fastest on the straights in Q2. Number that was one. amazing. The comparisons they were doing, it was amazing. And what did we say last week? I said, who's fastest on the straights? Williams is fastest on the straights. That's why I picked him on my predictions that he was going to make it up the pole. But me too. I would have loved to have seen that. And oh my gosh. So last night in the Miss Universe pageant, Thailand was first runner up. But I was like, if she wins... This is going to be a premonition that Alex Albon is going to do well, but she got first runner up. So, um, <laughs> so Alex Albon finished outside the points. There's my little tie in. Um, Ferrari and Williams were the only two teams to have both of their uh, drivers into Q3, which also was crazy. Like, yeah, didn't have that on my bingo card. Never would have thought at the beginning of the year that would be like at the very first Las Vegas Grand Prix, it's going to be Williams and Ferrari <laughs> with the two cars. In. So Q3, um, everybody at the beginning in the pits, except for George, George went out on his own, which I think is not a bad idea. Like with so many yellow flags and stuff, I don't know why they were all going out, but you okay. never know. 
Yeah, Max was close to the wall. Um, yeah, three minutes left. Albon, Sergeant Botas had no time. That was stressing me out. That was stressing me out big time, like absolutely big time. Um, Leclerc, Signs, Verstappen, Russell, Gasly, Albon, Sergeant. That was the very top. Um, when Logan crossed, I he came up in fourth and then he got pushed down a little bit. But again, I was like, oh, Logan Sergeant in fourth. And I think it's Alex on F F1 TV said exactly the same thing as soon as I finished saying it. Like Logan Sergeant in fourth place. I've said it for weeks now. He's keeping his seat. I totally think that that is going to going to happen. I don't know why we're waiting at this point. Just say it out loud because he did a great job. He was right up there you know, like with, with Alex all the way through. So good for him. Um, so Charles first, Carlos qualified second. There was 0.044 is all that separated the two of them. That to me is where I'm like, this has to be killing Carlos. And he still didn't have nice things to say. And he, you know, he was just like, I'm so frustrated. I'm so mad because 0.044 to your pole sitter, to your teammate, knowing you have to go back 10 spots knowing you have to go back 10 spots. That is adding insult to injury. I think it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Whether it was him or anybody else, it's just not, it's not okay. Um, so with Carlos having to drop back Williams, both Williams, Logan and Alex were on the third row. I was so proud of them. That was so, so amazing. Proud of them. Okay. Race. Whew, we are just jamming through this. I'm not going to lie. Like I was hoping for the best. And then for this race, the whole GP in general, the whole weekend. And then it started off kind of how I feared it was going to go with FP1 and then FP2. This race was amazing. I think it was, it was honestly one of the best races of the season. I loved all of the action, wheel to wheel action all throughout. To have your lead change as many times as it did, I think it was just the three drivers, so Max, yeah. Charles, and Sergio, but the back and forth, and how close that those three were at yep. the end, amazing race. Like, I love it. Like, almost take back so much stuff that I said um, over the weekend, <laughs> sometimes just to myself, but like, <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was good. And you know what? The drivers were like, that was a fun, like, that was good. I think Max was surprised at the end. I think that's why he was kind of like, you know, more jovial and, and stuff. I think he was a little nervous at times, like, especially when Charles caught him. And we'll talk about that stuff here in a second. But uh, yeah, I kind of apologize to the Las Vegas Grand Prix. I was, this is what I was hoping for. And I wish like the whole weekend would have been just smooth like that. But you know, some of that is crazy. So before the race, they always do the driver's parade. And Lewis Hamilton, I was like, he was, I saw a photo of him and he's sitting in Checo's car. And you could tell like it had number 11 and then Checo Perez. And then it said Lewis Hamilton was just kind of slapped underneath it. And I was like, what are they doing? Come to find out the car that Lewis was supposed to go in. And they're all old cars. Um, it depends on the track. Sometimes they're, you know, a lot of vintage cars. Sometimes they're not. But the car Lewis was supposed to go in wouldn't start. And then we come to find out 
that that car dumped a ton of oil on the grid. So P2, P4, P6, tons of oil. Not great for <laughs> when you're starting. Um, so they had uh, something out there putting, I don't know what it was, kitty litter or whatever you put on oil stains to kind of, you know, drop that off. But if you watch the beginning and then like the formation lap, and then you watch the start, you can see where the tire tracks have gone through that stuff. And it's not great for a standing start. It just, it, it isn't like, but Max still got a good thing. The other thing that was different well, is the back of that. Thing the, what's that? A good start, but a crappy strategy of a start. Yes. Yeah. Well, Charles was nice. And, and he said, you know, I think he lost grit, which again, you're standing and it's a very short run up to that first turn. But still, I I don't know what it was, why he pushed Charles off the track. But if you look at the back of the grid, it's on a curve. So I don't know if you noticed, but yeah, the, back, that. Yeah, the back of the grid was on um, on a curve. And so you had like Yuki was back in 20, Lance was in 19. Um, so yeah, they were that. I've never seen that before. Where they're starting on, on a curve. I thought that was crazy. But the start was nuts. So like you said, you know, Max pushes Charles off. Um, there was a spin in the back. And I don't even remember who it was. Who spun back there? Alonzo spun. I oh. thought he got hit, but Alonzo spun. Went up nose to nose with Botas. Um, and I think Checo ended up with nose damage too. So Checo... Yeah. Alonzo had nose damage. Botas, I think, had to come in. I can't remember if he changed his nose out, too. But, yeah, they all, I think, yeah, because in the first safety car, they all pitted and, and did changes and came back out. Yeah, and there was a whole bunch of other cars that got wrapped up in that because Carlos got wrapped up in that. And, he, I mean, he was in 12th, and he was back at, like, 19th or 20th after all of that stuff went down. So I I don't know what it was that caused that, if it, you know, who knows if it was the kitty litter or whatever they put down or just the cars, you know, trying to get, cause you did not have a lot of space um, no. to go and you had to go quick because that first turn came up really quick. I so, swear it looked like he got hit, that Alonzo got hit, but the commentators were like, he lost his front end. And I'm like, I, I swear he got hit. And he says, Gardner mm -hmm. uh, said he heard him say on the radio that he got bumped. So, oh. I mean, it could be you had a lot of cards. You had to make a move very quickly off that start, which is. And it yeah. sucks because he was up there in the top 10 and immediately put him, Botas, you know, and, and Carlos all ended up then. And, well, and back with Carlos, back in like the P18, P17 kind of thing. But it pushed yeah. Carlos back too. Like everybody yep. ended up way back. Yeah. Um, and that's one of those things. Like if he battled from like P18 to like Carlos ended up on P in a P8 or something like that, P9, it's like, not Carlos, uh, Alonzo, he would have ended up even higher and then, and same with Carlos. Carlos, you know, started and then ended up in the back within the first lap or two because of all that chaos, and he would have ended up even further up. So, yeah. 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 Right now, exactly. So, Max did get a five-second penalty for pushing Charles off yep. the track. Both teams were telling their drivers, like, it's with the stewards. Um, you know, we'll get back to you, but they told Max, you know, don't don't give back the place. Don't give back the place. And um, so, yeah, pretty much uh, they, Matt, GP comes on and tells Max, hey, you got five seconds, but you're already, you know, two seconds ahead. It's lap eight. You're two seconds ahead. Um, and Max said, 
yeah, you know, we're good. Give them my regards. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, they knew, they knew. So I think it was lap five. There was already two yellow flags. And on that second restart, Max, he just, he took off. Um, absolutely took off. So let's talk really quickly about Mercedes. So Lewis is such a fighter. I know people give him a lot of crap, but he kept getting pushed back and then kept coming, getting himself up into the points. Like, absolutely. It was amazing. He did get, I think he got mixed up in some of that drama um, or some drama someplace. I don't know if it was on that turn, but he definitely got mixed up in some of that drama, but he kept getting himself back up there. And then he had a little um, thing with Oscar on lap 17 and he punctured his wheel and barely made it back. I think I, uh -huh. I'm so tired. Like this literally just happened. I feel like a few hours ago and I'm like, wait, is that what happened? But he did finally make it back um, to the pits. And so again, he's back towards the back of the pack. Like, and then he just quietly, cause they stopped talking about him, but just kept quietly like passing people and just like getting himself up back into that top 10. Um, Toto was on George's, radio a few times trying to motivate him. Like, you've got to go get him. You've got, you've got to make this happen. Um, and George on that last lap, he did get into fourth place. So, I mean, that last lap was insane. And this was one of the things, and we didn't get to see it, or at least I didn't see it. Um, but George did jump up into fourth, but he had a five second penalty. So he dropped back down. So that people. Yeah, that was him got Lewis ahead him into seventh. What's that? That dropped him to eighth and Lewis up to yeah. seventh. Yeah, and it promoted a couple other people. So um on to fourth, stroll to fifth, yeah. and Carlos sixth. Yeah. yeah, which yeah, we'll talk about. So Ferrari, it was cracking me up the whole weekend because usually Charles just has the red and white helmet, but Carlos had a red and white helmet this week too. And so the graphics and even the commentators kept messing them up. They were like, Charles is off. And I'm like, that's clearly not Charles. That is, <laughs> that is, that is Carlos. So it was kind of cracking me up all weekend, but terrible again, terrible weekend for, for Carlos, no fault of his own Ugh, qualified second ends up in 12th in 17th place after the stupid thing at the beginning lap 16 though. This was Charles, Charles race lap 16. Oh yeah. my goodness. He was right on max. I was so excited watching him just like hunt him down. That's really all I can say is like, you know, he was staying close to him. And when he saw that opportunity and max right before that, like he must've been shaking in his boots. Cause he's on with GP like, like, Hey, my tires, my tires, like this is going to kill my tires. And they're like, just do it. Because Max was slowing down to go into the pits. Um, well, the pits wasn't, I mean, you, he's not slowing down way back there to go in the pits. Charles passed him and then they still went for a smidge and then it went. So I it went. wasn't like. Well, I'm but, just saying because they called the box, but yeah. Yeah. But Charles was from falling apart. So. It was an interesting that, that, you know, Red Bull could not manage their tires as well in this race, which is yeah. odd. Yeah. I think everybody had a hard time with that, except for Ferrari, apparently, <laughs> which is usually one of our and issues. McLaren. And McLaren. And, yeah. Because Piaget, yeah. if he didn't have to change those tires, he could have finished on those tires. Oh, crazy. 
That's crazy. Well, dang it. Because he did pretty good, I have to say, for Oscar. Um, so Max did go into the pits. He had to serve his five-second penalty. And I think he came out... Where did he come out? Like 11th or something like that? I don't know. Somewhere in there. Um, but poor... I don't know. Carlos, I just was so worried about him. Because it seemed like he was doing great and then he'd get set back and then he'd do great and then he'd get set back and on lap 25 both russell and max just went right past him flew right past carlos i was like dang it um on lap 36 charles gets back in front and again that top three was so close like they were so close it was so much fun to watch and to have like that little battle with checo and stuff like oh my gosh and that was great it was to me that was like this is what a fun racing is this this battle exactly. here exactly we've had a couple of races like that where we've had a really good battle and it was it was just so fun it was incredible and that again that little battle with with Checo and then that late like just Charles just going for it like where did he come from he was back here and then boom he's out he's out in front which is amazing. I, I thought it was so, so, so cool, but he had a bit of a lockup that allowed Checo to go back through. That was lap 43. There's only 50 laps. And I think the commentators were like, well, that's it. He's not going to get back in front of him, you know? And then, uh, uh, Charles was like, he wanted it so badly. He wanted it so, so badly. So he just, he went for it. He last lap, as he like, as we're counting down, there's three laps left. There's two laps left. It's a final lap, and he gets past him, and right to the end, they were right across that finish line. Remind me of the last one with Alonzo, right? And you know, coming down on Checo like that, it was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, poor Checo on that part, but I mean, I great love it. I, I love, love it. Charles was amazing on that, and just precision, not making a mistake, staying on top of him. It was, yeah. it was beautiful to watch. It was beautiful. Yeah. To watch. It was amazing and good job for him. I mean, he really wanted that win so bad. And he said as much like coming across the line. Um, sadly, <laughs> it's another poll that Max, Charles poll that Max converted to a win. Um, and that's why I think you had posted the, the qualifying. And I was like, Charles on poll. Like I did the eek face emoji. <laughs> Because I, I thought today, or today, yesterday was his day. I really, really did, but was not meant to be. But he made it a good race. It was so, so, so much fun to watch. Absolutely loved it. Um, McLaren, they had a rough weekend just in general. Oscar yeah. did get 10th, so that was good. He ended up in the points, but their car just did not seem to like that track at all. Like, not at all. And then Lando, what what lap was that? That Lando went into the right at the end. No, it was at the beginning. Um, oh, Lando. Yeah, yeah, Lando second. Oh, that was only the second lap. Oh my god, yeah, it was the second lap. Boy, I was thinking it was like the fifth or something. Okay, so the second lap. Yeah, so they called the they called the the yellow flag, and then. Um, yeah, but it was a second because it shows he only completed two laps. So maybe it was in the third lap that it happened and it was, you know, yeah. and all that. Yeah. But he only completed two laps. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. No. That, and that was a weird thing, too, because it was like, what happened? 
Like you just see him all of a sudden just, and then he's, and he just went for so far. Thank God there was a uh, runoff area right there because he skidded for so far. So what they did find out, and you had mentioned this, is that, um, so the principal, Andrea Stella said that there is a bump there on the track. And he said, you see the sparks when the cars hit it. But Lando, like trying to get his tires warmed up, like, you know, cold tires, because they had just had one restart, right? They had the yellow flag and then that restart. And the and hitting the bump the way that he did, he called it a, just a driver error. Um, but there is a bump there on the track. And again, I don't, I mean, if they're, take the bump out, like, why? We're probably lucky that nobody else hit it the way that Lando did. Um, it was scary because I was sitting here like, is he okay? Because usually they, they play that radio right away. But what was happening is his engineers had to ask him a couple of times, you know, Land, are you okay? And he, first he didn't say anything. And then they asked it again and they said, you could hear him breathing heavy. And finally he said, yeah, I'm good. Um, so they did end up taking him to the hospital. And if you follow Lando Norris, um, there's some pictures of him on a gurney like in the hospital with a blanket over him and everything else. They just, you know, for precaution is, is what they said. Um, and he was checked out and, and all good. I don't even think he was there very long, but um, yeah. So that was definitely a bump in the, in the track is what uh, McLaren is saying and ruined Lando's race. So there you have it. And Oscar, you know, like I said, it was great for him to get in the points and he had some really good overtakes. He is yeah. I like watching him when he's overtaking other drivers because he has no fear. I don't think, I think he has no fear passing and, and making some moves. He just commits and he goes. That's all. I agree. That. Yeah. Um, Alpine. Oh my gosh. Esteban Ocon was on a mission. Like he was another one that was just constantly like, he's just passing people, just passing, passing. passing. And it's like he came out of nowhere. I just turned my head and was like, where where did this happen? It was like a quiet, like stealthy kind of move up. And then suddenly he's there. It's like, where did he come from? I I don't recall him showing up here. And now he's this high up in the grid. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I was kind of watching him like overtake, overtake, overtake. Um, lap 34, I thought, oh no, here we go. Cause he's battling with Pierre. And it was kind of funny because the engineer comes on and says, just hold position. Like we need to watch the tires. And Esteban still went ahead of Pierre. <laughs> he's like, ah, eh, no, I'm going to go. But with George's penalty, Esteban moved into fourth place. So he started what in the bottom five, not, he wasn't 19th or 20th. So 16th or 17th or something. It was uh, P16. P16 to P4. Yep. What? Another reason that this race is kind of fun is, and we'll talk about this in a second, like that top five, ridiculous. Um, Williams. Oh, there's, they, yeah, they didn't finish in the points. James Valls, I watched his thing today. He just said, you know, I don't know. They just, they're still ahead of, they were ahead of Alpha Tauri. They were ahead of Haas. They were ahead of Alpha Romeo. Um, but that means 
next race, the last race, like they, they have to stay ahead of them because they did not get any points to add a little bit more buffer between them and AlphaTauri. I think it's still what, five or seven points between the two. So yeah, there's seven points ahead of AlphaTauri. Okay. Right now. So yeah, that this last race, Abu Dhabi, you know, could mean millions of dollars. So hopefully it's a little bit better of a, um, of a track for them in Abu Dhabi. Haas, I thought this was interesting. I don't think there's a ton to report home. They started off in the top 10, but they finished outside the points also. Um, but they had different setups. So Kevin um, was on the newer setup and Nico was on the older setup. Uh, and But they both did good. Like there one time, I think Hulkenberg would do a little bit better. And then the next time, like Kevin was out qualifying him. So like... Uh, hopefully they got some data to work with that they can use um, for next year's car. Like which way, do, which way do we want to go? So I wonder if they'll keep that set up for Abu Dhabi or, or no, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Red Bull. Okay. The race overalls <laughs> with all the stuff that Max said, and I think you have this picture um, of their race overalls. Oh yeah. Um, Max, with all the stuff he had been saying, look at this. We were Elvis inspired, one in red. So Checo looks like he races for Ferrari. Um, Max is in white. They have the capes, which they didn't wear during the race, but they wore literally wore those overalls in the race. Um, yeah, look at Max's face. After all the stuff he was saying about Checo got a smile on his face. Max is just smirking. He's not having it. He's not having it. Why do I have to dress up like Elvis? Like, give me a break. Um, yeah. Hysterical. Nice job. <laughs> nice job, Rebel. Um, so Perez, like we were saying, oh my gosh, that was another one where it was like, what? Like, I did not have him on my my prediction at all because I'm thinking he's starting down middle of the pack. I still wasn't sure what the overtaking and stuff was going to look like on that track. Um I, I mean, I think I just, he's good at street races and I should have put that my factor, but that's a good point. I didn't, he's so good at street races, but I just, the Williams was looking so good. I just, I just had this. Yeah. Anyway. I know I, I, for me, they were looking good on the streets. I thought there might be a little bit of drama at the front. And so I thought maybe they could make some, some places up there and then stay the streets. But also I love Alex. Yeah. But Checo just did what he has done this whole season. Like he hasn't had a great season, but he hasn't had a bad season either. He's second. Well, he, he clinched second in the driver championship yesterday. So this is the first time that Red Bull has had the constructor and first and second in the driver championship. So he did that. He just has made it hard on himself this whole year because he, he qualifies middle of the pack or back of the pack. And then he has to fight his way up, but then he's up at the front with the, in the top three battling oh. it out for the win. Like, are you kidding me? Like that is amazing. Um, Max and Russell on lap 25. George did turn into him. George admitted he turned into him. I posted yeah. this as a reel um, after it happened. Um, but yeah, that also that little thing, because the safety car did come out because there was some debris 
it kind of surprised me because they, there was front wing damage for Max's car. Did not seem to affect him because he did go into the pits, but it was not long enough to get a front wing replaced. But Max did say at least in that hit, by the way. What's he that? Max, I would have. Max <laughs> did at least was like, I don't think he saw me. He wasn't like mad at Russell. Yeah. He was just no. like, I don't think he saw me. I, I, yeah. I don't know what happened. So yeah. that was kind of cool too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think. I think on that track, like it did seem like the drivers were giving each other a lot of leeway, you know, like even Charles, when Max ran him off the road, I think he said, you know, like, what is he doing? But like, I don't think he saw, saw me there. Like, I don't think he realized like, not that he didn't see me. I think his grip, I think he lost grip and he, there was just nothing he could do about it. So I think they were very forgiving in that kind of stuff. But that yellow flag also helped Checo because he was able to go into the pits um, under that yellow, which helped him for the end of the race. So that yeah. kind of worked out for sure in Checo's favor. Um, totally. Not to change his tires at that time, which was. Um. <laughs> I know. What are you going to do? Um, battle for first between Perez and Checo or Perez and Charles. Amazing. Meanwhile, Max is like in the back, just overtaking car after car after car. <laughs> What's that? For second? Battle for second? No, that was when, that's when Charles. Oh, when they were battling for first. I, yeah, right. battling for I'm first. And Max had second. gone in and right, he's like, yeah, he's just taking one car down, one car down, one car down. Um, yeah, that was kind of crazy. So, I thought it was interesting towards the end when we heard Max call for teamwork. Like we can take him down mm-hmm. if we work together as a team. And I was like, okay, okay, Max. It was nice to see that that he was like yeah. he slowed it down, and it, I mean it didn't work, but it didn't work. But Checo did slow down. He did start to back off to give Max a little bit more space. And there, yeah, by the time I mean, while well, Charles caught him, caught Checo on that last lap, he was would not be able to get to, to max, but they did, they worked together and they made it happen. So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So the top five, this is what I wrote down. Not who I expected. Max. Yes. Charles. Yes. Perez. Nope. Ocon. Uh, no. And stroll in fifth. Hell no. Like hell no. Lance went from P19 to P5. Like, where did that come from? Well, you no, were saying Max and Sergio being one and two in the constructors, you currently have Lewis is 32 points ahead of signs. So, yeah. Well, the, the bigger battle for the driver championship um, is there. So, signs and Fernando are tied again right. on points. Um, Lando is like what three or five points behind points behind behind him, and Charles just a little bit behind Lando. So again, Lando talking about the last race of the season, here's another huge battle for Brett for fourth place in the driver championship. And like Mm -hmm. you said, you know, or Carlos is not that far off of um Lewis. I mean, he'd have to win, right? There's points, there's no way. Oh, he can't win. Yeah, no, he can't win. I thought you were saying 130. So yeah, no, he can't. But so there's a big battle for what that's one, two, three, four drivers for fourth place. So that's going to be fun. Not only do we have the constructor with like Williams and all of that stuff going on, 
we've got this battle for fourth um, in the in the uh, and driver's not just that, but in the constructors, Mercedes and Ferrari are four points apart. Yep, Ferrari made up major ground today yeah, with Ferrari. Carlos finishing where he did in P six. That was major because both of the Mercedes were behind him. So four points is all Ferrari needs in that next race. So yeah, it's the last race of the season. First and second are tied up. The constructors tied up, but there's still a lot of action. And these teams are going to be going for it because they want that. They absolutely want that. Um, So I'm excited for that. So really quickly though, the, the ending was so weird. So I loved the, I was a little bummed when I heard there was no cool down room. And then they put all the drivers into a Rolls Royce with as like little sparkly on the, you know, on the ceiling. And that basically becomes the cool down room. But everybody looks so uncomfortable because like Max is in the middle and Chuck guy out, the, the, the extra Red Bull guy yeah, out. So Charles, so nice. Oh, my battery's running low. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh oh. Um, we better jam through this. So, anyways, yes, they had to. The, Charles tried to get the constructor um, representative in the car, but they were like, no, he doesn't get to go. So then they take the drivers all the way down to the Bellagio and they get interviewed there. And then they make them watch the fountain and the light show set to um, the Formula One music. And then they Actually, put them back in the car. What's that? They really didn't watch. They were just talking to each other. Yeah, they were just talking to each other. Okay, I'm going to take you guys for a walk because my battery is going to die and I don't want that to happen. I did not think we would be going an hour and 36 minutes already (laughs) and I did not break. Okay, hello. That looks crazy. Okay, anyways, so then they make them watch the show, which I think they could have cared less about, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, And then they put them back in the car and then they take them back to the Hunger Games things, which it looked a lot better from the front because they had all this pretty colors and everything else. And um, yeah, they put them back and then that's where they do the trophy ceremony. So I feel like, you know, next year, like we can speed that up. They don't care about the Bellagio. Um, I'm sure Bellagio paid money or something to have that happen, but we don't need it. We don't need it. Um, well, they needed time to set everything up because they had to roll all that stuff out or anything. So that's true too. That is true because they rolled that out on the track. Well, let's let's just have a regular place like all the other places do. I don't know. We're having a permanent <laughs> building in place for the race. Yeah, we don't have a permanent place for that. No, well, they they did that because they didn't want to obstruct any views for the paddock club because major money was going into that Mercedes. I think their paddock club thing was like $15 million is what it cost. They usually and we wonder go why, the uni. And we wonder why Toto is so uh, pro Vegas. Uh, well, there you have it. There you have it. Okay. So beyond the grid, let's talk about that really quick. So the Netflix cup match, first of all, this was Netflix's very first live event. So we'll give them a lot of, um, you know, grace in how some of that stuff was handled, but it was, it was kind of hard to watch some of it. The sound was terrible. The mics were hot mics and the, the presenters didn't know they were hot mics and you could hear them whispering or asking like what they're supposed to be doing. But I really thought it was kind of fun to watch. Um, I mean, y'all know my kids were golfers and, you know, I, they paired Carlos and um, 
Lando were in the same group and that was a really fun group. I didn't think they showed enough of Pierre and Alex Albon. There, there seemed to be a lot of focus on Carlos and Alex's group. Um, Carlos is definitely probably the best golfer of the four, but it was really fun to fun to watch them. And and some of them had some great shots. Some of them had some not some, so great shots, but it was just fun to watch the pros paired up with the drivers. Uh, what I would hope next year um, is that whoever is the presenters, that they understand Formula One. It was driving me nuts that the announcers were calling Carlos Sainz. They said that many times. Carlos Sainz got that, you know, swooped in. Carlos Sainz. And then one guy was clearly told in his ear, it's signs. And so he's like, okay, yeah, signs. Um, that was annoying. There was a guy, which I haven't watched the um, golf version. It's like Formula One, but golf version for PGA Tour. Um, also done by Liberty Media, the people that created Drive to Survive. Um, so there's a breakout star on there for a guy that's in the PG, on the PGA Tour, but he's definitely down towards the bottom. But I just felt like he was kind of rude to the drivers. Like at one point, Pierre hits a shot and he's like, that is the most amateur shot we've seen. You know, it was just not nice. And it's like, he is an amateur. He's a freaking F1 driver. And he golfs for fun and he's doing this because you guys wanted to have a little fun, which I love it. Do the Netflix cup again next year, please. I love that. But can we not disparage the drivers yeah. for their golfing skills? And it, it just like went on and on and on where he was saying things like, um, I don't know, like, oh, here's where amateurs always have a difficult time lining up their putts and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, Anyways, it, Carlos won. It was awesome. Um, they, it come, came down to one hole and it was closest to the pin. Unfortunately, his pro, um, Justin Thomas, laid it right in there. Um, even Pierre, he went up against Pierre and he had Tony Finau who stepped in for Colin Morikawa because Colin's back was hurting. So Tony Finau jumped in at the last second. His went off the green. Carlos, I think, was in the water. Pierre was off the green. So it ended great. Um, at the end, they did the champagne, and Carlos is holding the trophy, and it drops. I dropped it. I saw he that. Dropped I dropped it. It. He dropped oh it. He's got, he pulled a Lando, and you could tell he felt bad. But what I thought was also cute is like the Masters where they get green jackets, they gave them jackets that are like checkered flag. So it's black and white checks. And I thought that's actually really cute. So Carlos signed, adding another win to his season, um, this time for the very first ever um, Netflix Cup. If you hadn't heard, there was a chapel in the paddock. So they they added a chapel. And actually, 1997 World Driver Champion Jacques um, Villeneuve got married there. So I don't know if anybody else got married there, but a former F1 racer got married um, at the chapel. And then the drivers were doing all kinds of stuff in that week between um, Brazil and this. But one of the funny things, and you've got a picture, is Ocon and um, Leclerc were at the Lakers game. And it was so funny. So the picture at the bottom, I don't know. Do you want to tell that story? Because you saw the video, too. It was so Yeah, because they, they came and uh, Esteban has a helmet. I don't know if it was a, a replica or something to give. 
to, to LeBron. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he got it there to give it to him. And and Charles like, oh, I didn't even know that we were coming or I would have brought you something. Like I didn't even know I was going to be here and meeting you. Like yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No one knew him and like where are your media people telling you what's going on, man? Like he didn't even know he was meeting no. the guy. He's like, no. oh I would have brought you something. Yeah. That was the funniest thing because He's standing there like, you know, how you go to a party or something and you're with a friend and they're like, oh, here's a gift. And you're like, oh, crap. I didn't know we were bringing stuff. So so strange. Just, oh, yeah. So he, you could tell he's he just so awkward too. He's like, I didn't even know I was coming or was supposed to be here. So, uh. yeah, no, I think he said, I didn't know I was going to meet you. Otherwise, I would have. Yeah, 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 like, like yeah, thanks. Oh, God. But I, I think that's when I texted you at one point. I said, I think I texted you that this weekend, like, or this week. I need, I should be Charles' assistant because he, he misses out on so much stuff. It's like nobody tells this guy anything it's, it's ever. Like he missed his whole like 200th race or whatever it was. We celebrated for Russell and, and Alex Albon, I think it was. And it's like, yeah. he's like, oh, I didn't even know. Like who is helping you? Like who? And the funniest part is he does have a company that helps like athletes with <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Can I just have a job, please, Charles? I will help you and you won't miss a darn thing in the future. I will learn French. But the other thing that was funny um, was at the game. So they were, uh, Charles and um, Esteban were talking to another Laker player and the Laker was saying something to Ocon, like commenting on his height because Ocon is fairly tall. And, um, and he says, yeah, I'm like the tallest driver. And then he pats Charles on the shoulder, (laughs) like, yep, I'm the tallest driver. And again, Charles just standing there like, you know, seriously, why am I here? (laughs) Why am I here? And oh he my is goodness. the driver at six foot two. Yeah, he's tall. That's my kind of tall right there. Oh my goodness. Yeah, six two. Most of the other drivers are too short for, for me, but they're still so cute. Except Fernando. I would give Fernando a pass. Fernando, um, Fernando is the exact same height of my partner. <laughs> what is that? Like five seven. Yeah. 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 I would give Fernando a pass on that one. So, <laughs> anyways, yeah. So that was fun. And then if you are in need of a holiday gift. Valtteri Botas came out with a calendar. So if you remember last year, there was a picture of him laying down in a stream in Aston. I had, <laughs> what am I saying? What is uh, Aston? I said Aston because I'm just thinking A-S-S. Um, <laughs> it was an Aspen. Aspen. So this year he came out with a whole calendar full of his booty. and uh more Aspen, Colorado photos. So there you go. Get yourself a calendar. Aspen. <laughs> I didn't even I notice didn't that. that so I blew the picture up. That is I didn't even notice that at all until you literally just said it. So yeah, there you go. Add that to your, your holiday wish list. I might have and to my- buy that. I might have to buy that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, so next week. Oh my gosh, this is our longest episode by far. We're going to wrap this up really quick because I need to eat something and take a nap. Um, So next week, last race of the season. This has been a really long season. I'm exhausted. I can't even imagine how the drivers and the teams feel because I am ready for the season to be done. Um, We're in Abu Dhabi. To Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. um, 58 laps, two DRS zones, 5.281 kilometers. There is a 1.2 kilometer straight between turns five and six. And then on either end of that are some 
um, slow speed corners. So there you go. And who was it? Was it McLaren that hated the slow speed corners in Vegas? So in that, that little section, they may not like it too much. Um, but it is a really, really good spot for overtaking. So that could be kind of fun. Um, turns 10, 11, and 12, it makes the drivers like break hard. So that could be a very interesting little combo of um, turns. Love it. There's a lot of lateral load that happens on the car in that area. So there's that. Um, it's the last race for Franz Tost. So I hope people are keeping a special eye on Yuki um, because he loves Franz and yeah, his last race with AlphaTauri, but he will be staying on as a consultant for a few months at least. Um, and when the race is over, the teams will actually have a day to do some testing. So they will be testing probably some setups for what they're looking at for next year. Um, because after this, they won't be able to really test their car outside of like a simulator or whatever um, until the official testing begins um, in um, wherever we go first. I can't even remember where, where, where the first race is. Bahrain. Is it Bahrain? I Bahrain feel like is the, on the calendar because I was just looking at the calendar when I was looking okay. at my list of where do we want to go next year? Oh, I don't. I mean, I do kind of want to go to Bahrain, but that's really far. Um, Maybe yeah, once so I officially move. Cool. The first race next year is uh, Bahrain. Okay. Yeah. So they so the testing, this testing could be really, really important to the teams to gather as much data as they can. Um, so that way, as they're working on the 2024 car over the, the winter break or the, the, you know, over till we get started yeah. again. And the two opening races of 2024 on a Saturday to accommodate Ramadan. Yeah. Yep. So we'll have three Saturday. I think it's at least three. Is it three or four? I think at least three Saturday races. Um, but yes, those are on uh, to accommodate Ramadan um, next year, which is nice that they're recognizing that. So that's it. Oh my gosh, an hour and fifty minutes, record breaking podcast. But Las Vegas Entry, you did me in this week, but it finished with like amazing race. Viva Las Vegas. Anyway. <laughs> Okay. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Thank you.